Good morning. I'm Michael Haw. I'm the pastor here at Sandoval and Boulder United Methodist Parish. Want to welcome you to our Facebook Live service this morning. Uh, in terms of announcements, I do need to mention that our Bishop uh, Frank Beard has recently sent out a letter uh, to all pastors of churches in the Illinois Great Rivers Dis Conference. And it has been decided to advise all United Methodist churches in the Illinois Great Rivers Conference to remain closed to indoor worship until further notice. So there will not be an indoor, in-person uh, Christmas Eve service this year. Uh, but we will be having a Christmas Eve service, and we will have it on Facebook Live. And so uh, next Sunday, we will give you the specifics as to exactly what time that service will be. But we will be having a Christmas Eve service uh, this year. Uh, beyond that, I don't really have any other announcements. And so let us open with a word of prayer today. Most gracious, holy, and loving God, Lord, we come to you, your grateful and thankful people to be able to have the, the gift of this technology that we can worship with each other even though we are not together in body, we can be together in spirit. Gracious God, I just pray that you would use this worship service to bring joy to those who need it. Lord, we pray that you would use this service to reach out to those who do not know you, that they might hear your word and be drawn to you and be saved. Holy God, as we come into this Christmas time, we pray that you would take it and use us to be bearers of the good news throughout all the world, that all people might know of your great goodness and love for us, that you love the world so much, and in this way you gave your only begotten Son. Gracious God, I pray that our worship would be pleasing to you today. I pray that you would use it to reach out to people. And pray that you would let your spirit rest with all of us today. That we might be drawn to you and receive comfort and knowledge and wisdom from you. These things we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. <clears throat> Good morning. Today, we light the candle of hope, the candle of peace, and the pink candle, the candle of joy. This candle is also known as the Mary candle. Mary demonstrates for us the grace, humility, and determination of the woman who carried the incarnate joy of the world, Christ Jesus. Mary reminds us that we, too, carry the same joy in our lives as we live in a world that lifts up the powerful over the lowly, the prideful over the humble, and the strong over the weak. As we light this candle of joy, we acknowledge how hard it is to feel joy this year. We acknowledge Mary as a teacher of how to carry the weight of the world on her shoulders. We acknowledge our shared incarnate joy of Christ within us as we continue our journey of Advent. Holy God, we thank you for the gift of joy that is found in Christ Jesus. 
Remind us of this incarnate joy within us as we enter another week ahead. Amen. As we come into our time of sharing our joys and concerns with God, I want to encourage everyone that is watching and listening today to take this time to come to God with all of those things that weigh you down, the things that uh, cause you pain and stress in your life, and the things that you are grieving, knowing that we serve a God who loves us and has promised to answer our prayers, not always in the way that we necessarily hope or desire, but in the way that is best. Uh, at this time, uh, I would like to just lift up in prayer and uh, just mention we have one person that is uh, very instrumental in our Shalom program. She is going to be having surgery tomorrow, and so please be keeping her in prayer. 
uh, in this coming week as she goes through surgery. Also, please keep my family in prayer. Uh, my aunt and uncle, um, Sue and Jean Middleton, uh, both passed away from COVID uh, this past week. And so I do ask that you keep our family in prayers as well. But uh, at this time, my encouragement and my desires for everyone as we listen to this song, be gathering into your hearts those joys that you want to lift up and those concerns that weigh upon your heart, knowing as we come into our prayer time that we serve a God who cares and who does listen to our prayers. Most gracious, holy, and loving God, Lord, we come to you today grateful and thankful for the joy of Christmas. Even in spite of the difficulties we have experienced this year, the good news of your Son Jesus reminds us that the problems in, the lot in our lives that we experience today will not have the final say, but that you have given us hope in the person of your Son Jesus. Holy God, we come to you asking that you would be with those who are sick and in need of healing. We pray, Lord, for those who are grieving, that you would give them your comfort. Lord, we lift up to you those who have had surgeries or are going to have surgeries soon, Lord. We pray that you would touch them and give them your healing. Guide direct in the, the doctors and their treatment. Gracious God, we come to you asking for your peace in this time that seems so difficult and that peace seems so elusive. Father, we ask in this time that you would be with our doctors, our nurses, our military and our law enforcement, Lord, our healers, peacekeepers and peacemakers. We pray for all who serve, but especially the friends and family of these churches. We pray your blessings of protection upon them all. 
Holy God, we just come to you praying for your will to be done in this world. We pray for our leaders in government that you would give them your wisdom from on high. And we look forward to that great day when your kingdom shall be made on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we come to you praying most of all for those that do not know you. We pray that you would use us as your ministers to share your love with them. That all might come to know the name of Jesus and be saved. We pray your forgiveness upon us where we have failed you and sinned. Remold us and make us into the image of your Son that we might bear your light. Father God, all of these joys and concerns we bring to you today and lay them down at your feet in the name of your Son, Jesus, knowing you hear our every prayer. And in the power of your most Holy Spirit, we continue to pray to you this day the prayer that your Son, Jesus, taught us to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Our scriptures for today come from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, beginning with chapter 43, verses 1 through 12, and chapter 47, verses 1 through 12. It says, after this, the man brought me back around to the east gateway. Suddenly the glory of the God of Israel appeared from the east. The sound of his coming was like the roar of rushing waters and the whole landscape shone with his glory. This vision was just like the others I had seen, first by the Kebar River and then when he came to destroy Jerusalem. I fell face down on the ground, and the glory of the Lord came into the temple through the east gateway. Then the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner courtyard, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And I heard someone speaking to me from within the temple, while the man who had been measuring stood beside me. The Lord said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne, and the place where I will rest my feet. I will live here forever among the people of Israel. They and their kings will not defile my holy name any longer by their adulterous worship of other gods or by honoring the relics of their kings who have died. They put their idol altars right next to mine with only a wall between them and me. They defiled my holy name by such detestable sin, so I consumed them in my anger. Now let them stop worshiping other gods and honoring the relics of their kings, and I will live among them forever. Son of man, describe to the people of Israel the temple I have shown you, so they will be ashamed of all their sins. Let them study its plan, and they will be ashamed of what they have done. Describe to them all the specifications of the temple, including its entrances and exits, and everything else about it. Tell them about its decrees and laws. Write down all these specifications and decrees as they watch, so they will be sure to remember and follow them. And this is the basic law of the temple, absolute holiness. The entire top of the mountain where the temple is built is holy. Yes, this is the basic law. Of the temple. And if you'll turn to chapter 47, verses 1 through 12. 
Ezekiel continues and says, In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, Have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, This river flows east from the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea. All the way from Engedi to Eneglaim, the shores will be covered with the nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food, and the leaves for healing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Home is where the heart is. A man's home is his castle. There's no place like home for the holidays, and I'll be home for Christmas. There is something about the idea of home that appeals and calls to every human soul. Somewhere where we belong, where we know we are loved no matter what. A place that is safe, comforting, and full of joy. It is a universal desire, dare I say it, a universal need. Everyone needs to have a place to call home. Sadly and ironically, most of the conflicts in our world today are either directly or indirectly tied to either the real or perceived feeling of some that they lack a place to call home. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict 
is very much a fight over home. The conflicts in the Middle East regarding Kurdish populations is very much tied to that people group's lack of a place to call home. The threats of violence throughout this past election season, I believe, are connected to feelings from people on both sides of the political spectrum that they are in danger of losing what they call home. I'm sure that this past Thanksgiving was plagued by feelings of homelessness, either due to the continuing COVID pandemic restrictions or the feeling that some can't go home due to ideological differences within their families. It's ironic that as desperately needed and desired as home is, it is also elusive. Because, frankly, home is more than a house. It is something that all of us are looking for, and most of us feel that it is right at the tip of our fingers, but is just out of reach. The feeling of a desire for home, while not having it, or feeling that home is somehow out of joint, is what I would describe as the sensation of exile. Exile is a concept that is found throughout the entire Bible, especially the Old Testament. One could argue that the whole of the Old Testament is the story of humanity's exile and the hope for a return home. From the exile from the garden to exile in Egypt to the northern kingdom's exile in Assyria and the kingdom of Judah's exile into Babylon, the story of Israel and humanity, for that matter, is a story of the loss of home and the search for a way back. And in the middle of the great Babylonian exile, one prophet's visions of a future end to exile and a return home is very much tied to a reunion of heaven and earth when God comes to be in our midst. The book of Ezekiel is a very interesting one, and of all the prophets, I think Ezekiel can be said to be the one that has the most vivid visions. In order to understand the passage that I just read towards the end of that book, the prophet Ezekiel was a member of the Jewish diaspora, the people of Judah who were sent into exile in Babylon. He was probably a contemporary of Daniel. But the thing that's interesting about Ezekiel is that as Judah goes into exile, God explains to the prophet Ezekiel that this is a direct result of the sin of Judah, of placing other things above him. The beginning and the end of Ezekiel are very similar 
The book begins with Ezekiel having a vision along the Kebar River in which he sees the glory of God leaving the temple in Jerusalem. And this leaving, this abandonment of the temple has a twofold meaning. Number one, it means that God has abandoned the place that the people of Israel had been called to dedicate as a temple to God. It is no longer the place where heaven and earth meet. That's what the temple was. The temple was not so much a place for preaching. The temp- that's, that's what the... Uh, um, where the rabbis preached. That's what the, the purpose was of the other Jewish worship sites. The word's escaping me for the moment. I'm having a moment of brain lapse. Yes, the synagogue. The temple was to be the place where God resided, where his feet met earth. It was a microcosm of the new creation. It in a way, represented the lost Garden of Eden. It represented God's leaving and abandonment of the city of Jerusalem to be destroyed by the Babylonians because of the sin of Judah. But it means something else as well. It means that God is going to go with his people. Ezekiel has this great vision of what some people call the Godmobile. It's this God's mobile chariot throne. And if you go and read that passage, it's very elaborate and kind of confusing and uh, quite amazing to read. But he envisions God's glory leaving the temple, but that it goes with God's people. This exile is going to be the one that's going to produce the rabbinical movement. And this is also going to be when the people of Israel finally start to take a look at what all the prophets had been saying. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Amos, and others. And they're going to say, you know what? These guys were right. We failed. And they told us this was going to happen. But we didn't listen. This is the beginning of their exile. But it's also a representation. It's a metaphor for the exile of humanity. We were exiled from the garden because we placed our own desires of what we wanted over God's aims for creation. God wanted us to be partners with him. We tried to be gods ourselves. Our sin has separated us from God. And God is where home is. Without God, we are perpetually wandering in the darkness, looking for safety and security in this and that, and always being disappointed. Look at where our politics have gotten us. 
If you have put your hope in your candidate for making everything good again, then I can tell you this, and I'm, I'm not a prophet making predictions about the future. I'm just telling you I know you are going to be sorely disappointed. How about your wealth? We are one of the wealthiest nations on earth, and yet we have more physical and mental health problems than many of our peer countries. Violence, we take the cake. As long as we keep putting our hope in something other than God, we will always be in exile. I believe there is a reason why people in our society are not very interested in the life to come. And if you talk about God coming and making everything new again, up until this year, most people's ears shut off because, frankly, they liked the way things were. All throughout this pandemic, we've been saying we want to get back to normal. And believe me, I want us to get back to what was good. I want us to be back to a healthy state. But frankly, friends, there were things in our society that were not right, that were not good. We did not love our neighbors as ourselves. We did not place God above all. We placed our checkbooks above all. We worshiped the baby Jesus less on Christmas than what we were going to get as our Christmas bonus. You see, our comfort level makes us content with the way of the world. And I think that's part of the reason why the church is on the wane in the Western world. Interestingly enough, the places where the church is growing the most are the places where when people hear about a kingdom to come in which the poor are lifted up, in which those who are downtrodden are lifted up, and those where the proud and the powerful and all of the Caesars of the world are brought down, the places where people struggle the most, the most poor countries in the world, the places that are under the most tyranny. Those are the places where the church is growing because people want that kingdom come. Maybe the pandemic, for the Western world at least, has been a wake-up call. For us to realize that our comfort cannot be our God. Because as we have found, it can be very fleeting. The good news, and this is what I hope that people will hear and begin to yearn for. Ezekiel sees the return of the glory of God to the temple. The passage that we read today... It's Ezekiel envisioning a future time in which God comes back to his holy temple, a new temple. And it says that God's glory fills the temple to the point that Ezekiel falls to his face in literal holy terror. Now, in a small sense, 
This passage is a reference to the rebuilding of the temple. However, there's some things that clue us in that this is a prophecy that is yet to be completely fulfilled. Because although the temple was rebuilt, one of the things that we find, and this is where you have to dig into your Bible a little bit, when Solomon built the first temple, and when he dedicated the first temple, we have this description of the glory of God filling that temple, that the temple was filled with smoke. And people were afraid with, with a good afraid, a reverence for God, because it was evident that God had come and in a sense to reside in the temple. And what we find later on in, when Ezra and Nehemiah rebuild Jerusalem and they rebuild the temple, what we find is that although they rebuild it, the people are disappointed. And I think the clue here is, is that yes, they rebuild the temple, but the glory of God does not come to fill that temple like he did before. And so this vision of Ezekiel of God coming into the presence of humanity is something that is not fulfilled completely when the exile of Judah ends. There's no big flash when the temple is rebuilt like before. But what I find is interesting is Ezekiel, when he talks about this river flowing from the temple, in other words, a life-giving stream coming from the throne of God, I'm reminded of Jesus, a boy who astounded the teachers with his wisdom, his holiness, and his understanding, who as a man preaches of the coming kingdom of God an end to the spiritual exile. Ezekiel spoke of a healing stream, a stream that would make the salty waters fresh. The Dead Sea, friends, if you don't know anything about it, it is the saltiest body of water on earth to the point that nothing, not even ocean fish, can live there. And Ezekiel speaks of a healing stream coming from the throne of God in the temple that will make those salty waters fresh again and that there will be these trees growing, bearing fruit all the time with the leaves that bring healing. Jesus healed people both physically, spiritually, and relationally. Jesus is the true returning of the glory of God to the temple. In fact, he himself is the new temple. He is that temple rebuilt and reconstituted, embodying and holding the glory of God that Ezekiel saw. He is the place where heaven and earth meet. If you are looking to an end to the sense of homelessness inside your heart, then in this Advent season, turn to Jesus. He is the true temple where the glory of God resides. He represents our pathway home to the Father. When he came as a child, the whole earth became full of his glory. The anticipation of Christmas is the anticipation of an end to our exile and a return home, a real home, where we are loved, where we are safe, 
where we belong. Jesus is our way home. But as we conclude our Advent series next week, we will see that the promised way home is going to come from somewhere rather unexpected. But for one last time, I have to tell you for that, you must wait until next week. Amen. Most gracious and holy God, as we depart here today, we pray that you would be with us. Bless us, guide us, and direct us. Give us the hope that passes all understanding. Help us to put our trust in you, knowing that all other things in this world that call us to put our faith in them will fail us, and that the false gods of our world are nothing but stone, clay, and wood, but that we can trust in you knowing that you have promised to give us a home, an everlasting home, that you have promised to make all things new, that you will be God with us. We praise you and thank you and ask that you go and be with us and bless us till we meet here again. In Jesus' holy name we pray. 
Amen. And go in peace.